Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. I'm Kate Norris. I'm Thomas Craft. And we're here to help you plan, design, and deliver your best presentation. Howdy, bosses. It's episode 79 of the Presentation Boss Podcast. And today we're doing a speech breakdown. These are the episodes where we play a talk from somewhere on the internet and we'll pause it and make comments about what's working really well with it and some things that we would change if, you know, the universe was up to us. The reason we do this is because we know that one of the best ways to become a better speaker is to watch other speakers and learn from them. So in this podcast, we listen to other speakers and learn from them. Before we get stuck into it, a reminder, folks, that if you would like to continue the conversations that we have on this podcast or jump in and ask Kate and I questions, we do have a Facebook group. There is a link down below in the show notes, or you can jump on Facebook and search for Presentation Bosses. If you really like the content in this show overall, please do uh, recommend this episode or the episodes you really like to a friend, or you can support us through Patreon, and that helps us to continue bringing you episodes to present like a boss. So on to today's speech breakdown. Now, this speech was recommended to us by somebody a couple of months ago. And basically, we've argued about it ever since. And the reason is this talk is set up to be very normal. It looks like it's at a conference. And the first time I watched it through, I felt something a little bit funny about it. But looking into the background of the speech a little bit, it's clear that this is a video that's been made as a piece of marketing material for an organization. And it's the organization who uploaded the talk, funnily enough. So I wasn't super comfortable doing the breakdown on this. But I was really keen to do it. And I mean, for once, I've actually watched this beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason I was really keen is that I think the script is actually really good. And yes, the speaker is an actress, but the script still had to be written by someone. And the script... I believe is such a phenomenal example of how to really leverage emotion and it has some really effective persuasion techniques in it. And to a degree, speakers are actors. There is a lot of techniques that cross between acting and speaking. So I'm really not against an actor being the speaker. If you listen to, say, a past guest that we've had, Michael Port, his entire philosophy is about using acting and the techniques that you learn in acting and bringing that to the speaking stage. Which I absolutely don't disagree with. I see it as an actress delivering a talk, which to me just feels a little bit... Disingenuous? Yeah, maybe a little bit disingenuous, inauthentic, something like that. That's interesting because we've had this authenticity discussion a couple of times in the past. So it's really interesting to kind of um, see when it is a real situation, how we interpret that, I guess. Yeah, but now that we know the background of the talk and that it's a marketing piece, we're going to hear it and break it down. We would love to hear from you bosses if you feel that it's an authentic piece of work uh, or having a paid actress and a paid audience takes away from that in any way that you hear today. Shall we play it? So we're going to hear from the actress Kate Miles entitled The Secrets of Food Marketing. I'm going to give you some of the secrets about how we make you buy what we want you to buy. So as a, as a marketer, when I'm first giving you a product, what's my job? Well, my job is to make you want it, to crave it, to need it, to think that it is the best innovation in food since, well, since sliced bread. <laughs> but how do we do it? Well, I'm going to give you a really big example later that I'm going to break right down for you. But let's just start by looking at a few fun little things. So here we have Shreddies, an old favourite, been around for years. Uh- 
really quick clever thing here is she's laid out the roadmap of what it is we're going to talk about. I've got this one example coming later, but before we're going to do a couple of little fun things. We know exactly what to expect in this talk. And immediately what she's done here is gotten you invested. She's talking about me. How do you make me want something? I want to know about my psychology. An old favourite, been around for years. Very popular in the UK and Canada. Without changing a single little thing about that product, they remarketed them, rebranded them as brand new diamond-shaped shreddies. Food marketing genius right there. In the 1950s, there was a very important innovation in food. The instant mix cake, one of my personal favourites. When they were first brought out, all you needed to do was to add a little bit of water. Who's not going to love that? Well, actually, no one loved it. No one bought the bloody things. <laughs> so they did a bit of research. And what they found was that the main consumer, the target consumer, the housewife, felt that it was cheating. They didn't want to pass off such an easy thing as their own baking to their partners, their husbands, their families, whatever. So what did the producers have to do? They had to make it harder. So now you had to add water and an egg. <laughs> and sales exploded. <laughs> but these examples, these are just chicken feed compared to what I really want to talk about tonight, and that is... Oh, look, you know, just some clever writing. A little bit of humour dribbled in there, like, say, uh, we now have to add an egg and sales exploded. Like, that's not... You know what that's doing? That's getting us on side. That's making her more likeable and... It's just making the talk that little bit more interesting, that little bit more engaging by adding in some humour, even if the response is to groan or just nod at the terrible pun, right? Compared to what I really want to talk about tonight, and that is chickens and pigs and cows. So when we think about where chickens, etc., come from, we think about something a bit like that. That's also our instinctive idea. But we all know if we really think about it, if we think about it deeply, it's probably a little bit more like that. But that's a lot nicer. It's a lot more romantic. Quick note about her visuals here. She had a pretty standard happy looking chicken in the grass and said this is how we imagine chickens. And then it quickly flicked to a chicken in a cage. We've seen those images and said this is probably more what it looks like, but we'd like to imagine and straight back to the chicken in the grass. Super simple use of slides, just using the pictures for the visuals. There's no text, there's nothing crazy going on, just pictures. It's a lot more romantic. So how do we give you this impression? Well, there are three techniques that we use. The third of which is our secret weapon, and I am going to blow it for you tonight, so please stay primed for that. Let's look at technique number one. I have this slight pet peeve when I see presentations, and that's a presenter telling me what to feel, which is, you should be excited, stay excited for this, keep listening for this, and she just said, stay primed for that. Get like, me excited. Like, Don't tell me to be excited. Yes, make an effort. <laughs> like telling me to be excited without being excited yourself, thats it doesn't match up in my mind. And it's just a niggle of mine. Don't tell me how to feel. Make me feel that as the audience member. Let's look at technique number one. Everybody believes what's on the label. So let's look at some examples. Some of my favourites. Some of the ones I use all the time. I'll use Farm Fresh. I'll use 100% natural. I'll use butcher's choice. But what does that really actually mean? Well, truthfully, it doesn't mean very much. We see that on the label, we feel a bit more confident. 
But let's have a look at what a farm really looks like. It probably looks like that. Now, this is a concentrated animal feeding operation. I'm going to run that past you again. It's a concentrated animal feeding operation. That's not going to look great on a label. Hence, we use farm fresh. Innovation number two, this is what we use. We focus on progress. Intensive farming was born out of necessity. At the end of the Second World War, resources were extremely tight. Farming had to be, it had to be by necessity, very, very economical. And we've learned from that, and we've built from that, and we're able to now raise more and more animals in smaller and smaller spaces. So we've got extremely good at it. If we looked at a room of about this size, and this were turned into a chicken barn, it's a 100-seat theatre, how many chickens could we probably fit in this room now? I'm going to say about 4,000. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? It'd probably look a little bit like that. Now, the public aren't going to be massively keen on that idea, and it's my job to make them feel a little bit better about it. So how do I do it? Well, a basic principle of marketing. We use the right choice of words, and by using the right choice of words, we can make the conversation, we can focus the conversation the way we want it to. So we'll use an example like this. When you look at that picture, where is your eye drawn? It's drawn right to the middle of the page. Massive letters, we've got strive to optimise. What we're looking at in the picture, in reverse, looks a bit, a bit like that. But this looks a lot nicer, because we're looking at strive to optimise. It makes us feel that there's progress. We feel good. So the challenge for the marketers is to make the public feel comfortable at what they're seeing. One of the side effects of intensive farming, of having so many animals in such a small space, unfortunately, is obviously disease, because you put so many animals into a small space, they're going to get sick. It is no secret that 50% of all the antibiotics in the world are used on farmed animals. So how do you make the public feel okay with this? How does that happen? <laughs> My job. <laughs> how do I do it? What she's doing here is using a technique of dissonance. If you listen to her voice, it is upbeat and happy. Her entire demeanor is positive and happy. But the word she's saying is not. And it creates this feeling of of mismatch, of discomfort. And I believe that is exceptionally intentional. And the other thing this dissonance does is keeps us engaged because we don't like to be uncomfortable and we want this resolved somehow. So we're waiting to hear the good news. We're waiting to be made to feel comfortable. It's actually the same technique that you use in humor. You make people feel uncomfortable and then you lighten. And that contrast feels really good. So we're just kind of waiting for that moment here. Like waiting for the relief. Yes. The other clever scripting thing I've seen here, she asks a lot of questions. And they're uh, not quite rhetorical questions. They're certainly questions to the audience that she then answers. How do we do this? How is this portrayed? Those sort of things. Which are possibly the questions in the mind of the audience at that time. So it's calling out what the audience is thinking. Which, if you're like properly on board with this talk and picking up what she's putting down then that makes this talk so much more engaging because she's speaking to you. She's answering the questions that are in the mind of the audience. So it's mm. important to know who your audience is, right? <laughs> My job. <laughs> How do I do it? I use the language of innovation. So we're going back to our old friends at porkcares.org. And what they do is they say, as farming has become more efficient, veterinarians have incorporated new technologies and methods into practice. This makes us feel good. This is positive. Yeah, this is progress. And when we're then marketing to future consumers we would perhaps use something like this. This is a colouring book. 
pigs and pork. It's absolutely gorgeous. And what we're doing here is we're getting the children to focus on the fact that we're using innovation. So by bringing the pigs out from the muddy fields and into the clean barns, we're taking them away from all that nasty, dirty mud and all the diseases that are lurking there within. Positive. So onto our secret weapon. This is what we really need to focus on. So these two techniques alone, they are not going to work. We need a secret weapon, number three. So a very clever thing that's happened here is the signposting of the major points. So up the front, we got the roadmap, which included, we're going to talk about three fun things. As these three fun things have come up, they've been very clearly signposted. So number one was the farm fresh thing. Number two was the innovation and progress thing. And we've just heard Rebecca here, number three, the secret weapon. But by signposting those items, it makes it very clear where we're up to in the structure, delineates those points and makes it clear and logical to follow along with any talk. Number three. It is actually in this room right now. Secret weapon. <laughs> it is you. So how do we do it? I don't know if this is effective or if it annoys me. Maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm sick of hearing the phrase, but how do we do it? I think the repetitiveness is actually really good. But overdone? Maybe overdone. It's just niggling me now. I understand that that's the question, but like enough. There's this phenomenon that happens with any repetitive phrase, and repetition is good. We know that to an extent. But whatever that phrase is, so it could be, so how do we do it? It could be a sound, like an um or an ah, or it could be an action, like maybe somebody moves their hand in a strange way over and over again. As soon as an audience member picks up on that and notices that it's happening, so much of their attention goes to just sort of waiting for the next one or counting when those happen. So as soon as you reach that point of, oh, she's asked it again, oh, she's asked it again, you're really struggling then to have the audience listening to everything else that you're saying. I think I'm at that point. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so how do we do it? When you're in the supermarket, you don't want to think about where those products have come from. You don't want to think about the, how those animals have been reared, how they've been treated. The power of willful ignorance cannot be overstated. This is systemized cruelty on a massive scale, and we only get away with it because everyone is prepared to look the other way. Thank you. Wow, okay. I'm going to address the big thing first. You remember I just talked about having that dissonance and that discomfort and then we were waiting for that relief and we got the opposite. We got punched instead and it was kind of light, 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 bam, make us think. To me, this is brilliant script writing because the first time that I watched this through, I didn't see it coming. Maybe other people did, but I personally didn't. And again, maybe this is just an optimistic thing. I think I was expecting like, and this is what we're doing about it. I think that was my expectation. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could totally see like the optimism there. I think I kind of did see it coming, but that's because I saw the message happening so clearly early on, which was in a large part, the way we treat animals in factory farming is systemized cruelty. I think I just sort of saw that developing really early on and felt like maybe this didn't have a nice positive end, that this talk was going to be a little bit shocking to all. And I think throughout, I thought that she was maybe setting up the problem that she was then going to resolve. So therefore, the message for me is that this is a problem that has not been resolved. So having seen all the speech now, what do you think the message is? Well, I think that that yeah. factory farming is a big problem, uh, yeah. systemized cruelty, like you said, that has not been resolved. 
Yeah, right. And maybe if we look at, like, if I put myself in an audience position, which obviously I am, (laughs) what did I know beforehand? What did I think? What did I do beforehand? Am I going to change what I know, what I think, what I do? I think yes. Certainly what you know, I imagine. Like having just watched the talk, right? What I know and what I think. Yes, definitely. Of course, I've, I've learned. I learned from all of our talks. And right now, I can't say exactly what I'm going to do differently, but I know that the way that I think has probably changed and maybe down the line what I do and maybe my purchasing decisions and all of that sort of thing will be influenced so what I actually do will change. In that case, it sounds like a successful talk if it alters what people know, think and do then, right? Yeah. Like it's not a message that is super new to me Mm. and I try to be mindful of these things anyway, but I think maybe beforehand I didn't understand how much I was being influenced by marketing. So that was Kate Miles with The Secrets of Food Marketing. And I'm sure we'll continue arguing about whether this should be looked at as a speech or as a performance. It is one of our more borderline cases. So bosses, we would love to hear your thoughts. Remember that you can uh, send us your thoughts if you join the Presentation Bosses Facebook group, or you can email us podcast at presentationboss.com.au. And if you love this content and what it is that we're producing, head over to patreon.com forward slash presentation boss, where you can support the show that way. Otherwise, I think that might do us for this particular speech breakdown. Thank you very much for joining us and listening into this talk. And we will be in your ears again next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. Head to presentationboss.com.au slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes for this episode, all other episodes and other free resources. If you've seen a speech you'd like us to break down on the show, flick us the link at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information in this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Or we'd love for you to give us a review on iTunes. It helps more people find us. Have a great week. Uh, this isn't going to go in, but this is what this is what puts me off this mm. talk. We know the actress is Kate Miles. And this is set up to look like a TED talk. It's set up to look like, I believe, something that it's not. Like marketing consultant to the food industry, which she's not. She's playing this part. Mm. You know, like you go to a movie, we know that this is bollocks. Whereas this is set up to look like something it's not. I think that's what's always turned me off this, not necessarily the messaging. Yeah, I guess that doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's pretending to be something that it's not. That's all. See, I see it as like a movie or a TV show are not real. But if I look at The Office... I see them as my friends. Like, they are people that I know. They don't actually exist, but they are people that I know. Mm, But you go into that knowing that it's a work of fiction, right? Whereas this, if you don't do the digging on it that we've done, we see Kate Cooper, who is a marketing consultant to the food industry, giving what they've labelled as an e-talk. Like, it's set up to look like an authentic person. Yeah. In a role that may or may not exist. That's that's where the disingenuine, inauthentic behaviour to me really sits. Yeah, that does make sense. All right, let's continue.